Family Church Haven and welcome to Sunday Night Local, a gathering around the Word of God and uh, it's great to be here again tonight and to be able to share God's Word with you and uh, if you're watching live tonight, 8pm on Sunday evening, why not comment in the chat section and uh, just share that you're here and use that chat section if you want to tonight just to engage with a word and what's being communicated and uh, just to input into the conversation this evening as we study God's word together. Just as we wait um, for people to jump on board, um, let me just give a quick plug for the prayer gathering. Now, if you're listening to this later on in the week, then this won't be so relevant. But if you're watching tonight, Sunday evening, then tomorrow evening on Monday, we have our prayer gathering that's taking place at 7.15. And uh, we've got a number of people already signed up for that. There's a few places still available. So if you haven't yet registered and you want to be a part of that, then go to family.church in the event section or click on the link that was sent out in your email. And we're looking forward to a great night of prayer tomorrow evening at the Empower Centre Happen from 7.15 to around 8 o'clock. But tonight, let's grab our notepads and our Bibles and your coffee or your tea or whatever you are drinking this evening. And let's get ready to dig into the Word of God. And if you've got your Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 5. We remain in the teaching on the fruit of the Spirit and last week we shared a very timely word on joy. Now tonight we're going to share an equally timely word on peace and if you were watching our online service this morning Pastor Andy preached a phenomenal word about the storms of life and, and when we know Jesus we can know his peace and if you haven't watched that then some point in the week take time to sit down and watch that teaching from Pastor Andy and really tonight um, it's great that it's landed on the same day that we're teaching on Sunday Night Local about the aspect of a fruit of a spirit called peace. And tonight we're really going to build upon that. There's going to be some verses that really are repeated from this morning and we're going to look into those a little bit more. And it's a great opportunity. You know, repetition leads to revelation. And I just believe that God's all over this, that God wants to speak to us concerning peace, not only this morning, but also uh, this evening. And we're going to look at different aspects of it as well in our time together. So Galatians chapter 5, we're talking as I said about the fruit of the Spirit and if you've missed the last few weeks let me very quickly catch you up. We've been talking about what the fruit of the Spirit is and how it's produced in our lives and how we demonstrate it through our lives and really the key point that we keep coming back to is this teaching and this thought that no amount of human effort can produce spiritual fruit. So what do I mean by that? You can't try and be more loving in your own strength. You can't be more patient by your own ability. It will last for a certain amount of time, but there'll be a shelf life to it. And really, it's not the real deal. Because when we try it in our own strength, we're trying to love people with our love, rather than allowing the love of God to flow in and through our lives, and so on and so on. So it is with joy, so it is with peace, as we're going to see tonight, and all the different aspects of a fruit of a spirit. So when we surrender, we've been looking at this phrase of, of yielding to the Holy Spirit, of dying to self. When we do those things and we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives, that's when things begin to happen. That's when we display God's fruit in our lives. Remember, the fruit of a spirit, it's simply that, it's fruit. And fruit is evidence of a life that has been impacted and changed by the Holy Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5 and we're not going to read all the verses that we've been covering over the last um, few weeks. We're going to simplify this tonight. We're going to read verse 16 and verses 19 to 23 if you're making notes this evening. So Galatians 5 verse 16 says this. 
So I say, and this is Paul writing to the church in Galatia, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now the flesh obviously is talking about the fallen nature, um, the nature that is um, what is in mankind, what they're born with, a sinful nature. And he says that we're to walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. You know, we are saved by the Holy Spirit, but we're also called to walk by the Spirit on a daily basis. In verse 19 to 23, he begins to describe the differences we've been looking at between the acts of the flesh, what's natural to mankind before they're saved, and the fruit of the Spirit, what should be evidence in our lives now that we have given our lives to God. And it says this, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So we've looked so far at two of these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. We've looked at love and talked about what it is to receive God's agape love and to display God's agape love. And then last week we looked at joy. Now tonight I want to, as I've said in the introduction, I want us to look at this aspect of peace. That the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Now I don't know what comes into your mind uh, and into your thinking when you think of that word peace. Maybe if you're of a certain generation you think of caravans and hippies and flowers in the hair and the peace sign or maybe you think of a dove or maybe for you when you think of peace you think of the children finally returning to school after lockdown. Um, I don't know what peace looks like to you. Maybe you think of sitting on a beach somewhere uh, with a cocktail and the the waves lapping against the shoreline as you just rest in the sun and read your favourite book. Maybe that is a description of peace to you. But we're going to see tonight, just as we did with joy last week, that actually God's peace has a lot more to do with what's going on internally than what's going on around us externally in the circumstances of life. But just as we said of joy last week, when you look around the world today, especially in the current climate where we find ourselves in, there's not much peace to go around right now. And peace is something that in this world today everybody is looking for, everybody is grappling to try and achieve, um, everybody seems to have a thought about it and yet few seem to find it. You know I was um, looking this week on, on Amazon and looking at the books because when you think about peace um, there's so many books that are written about peace and how to find peace and all those kind of things and so I looked it up just in terms of the UK version of Amazon before you even go worldwide or America or anything like that. I just looked at the UK version and there were, let me find this, there were over 50,000 results on books that were written about peace just in the UK. Now when you try to narrow that down and you think, okay, let's type in inner peace, there's still 7,000 or well over 7,000 results on books that talk about inner peace. Now there's titles such as 10 Secrets for Success and Inner Peace, Living a Life of Inner Peace, The How to Inner Peace, A Guide to a New Way of Living. And I'm not knocking those titles, but the reality is there seems to be no shortage of experts today who would tell you how to find peace, how to source peace, what you need to do in order to find your own peace 
And yet the truth is we live in an age where levels of anxiety have never been so high, where relational breakdown has never been so prevalent in society. And so I believe that the world may have a lot to say about peace, but really it doesn't have true experience of what peace is because our natural default is not peace. As Paul says, our natural default, the acts of the flesh are things like hatred and discord and jealousy and selfish ambition and envy, pretty much everything that is opposite to the peace of God. See, when Paul talks about peace as being part of the fruit of the Spirit, he used this word, this original word, irony. Now, if you're a scholar of these things, I'll probably pronounce that wrong, and I'm going to do so throughout the whole of this evening, so just forgive me, let's move on from that. But irony which is spelled E-I-R-E-N-E. And it means this. This is a definition according to the Strongs. It's the tranquil state of a soul that is assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot. In simple words, it's this assurance out of a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ that no matter what is going on around us, as Pastor Andy talked about the storms this morning, it is well with my soul and even better this peace that God gives us isn't a peace that means there's an absence of trouble or it's just that you're now on the beach on your holiday finally it's not about that it's actually a positive thing it's a life filled with blessing it's a life filled with blessing uh, with goodness it's not just um, simply the absence of fighting or trouble or as I said being on holiday it's far bigger than that now the theologian William Barclay said this, talking about the word irony. He says it means not just a freedom from trouble, but it's talking about everything that makes for a man's highest good. Here, it means that tranquility of heart that derives from the all-pervading consciousness that our times are in the hands of our God. I like that. Now, you won't get that from the world, no chance. We've kind of worked that out by now. But this world doesn't give you a whole lot of peace that even if you sustain things for a moment and things seem to be going well you seem to be at peace there seems to be a calmness in the soul of who you are it seems like it won't take long before this world just takes away the peace of God from your life whether that be through relational breakdown whether that be through workplace stress whether that be through issues in your neighborhood whether that be um, a global pandemic that's a very topical one whether it be um, a scare story from a, from a doctor or a bad report, jealousy of others, striving, whatever it might be. I want to ask you a question tonight. What is it right now that is stealing your peace? Now, you don't need to comment in the chat section, but you know today, what is it that's keeping you up at night? What is it that when you wake up in the morning, it's the first thing on your mind? What is stealing your peace? Because according to Paul, the Holy Spirit can give you a peace that remains even in the chaos, even in the storms of this life as Pastor Andy spoke so brilliantly about this morning. Mankind is not very good at finding peace. It's not very good at keeping peace. But here's the good news. Paul says you don't have to try it in your own strength because God gives you this peace, this irony peace, and he does it through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at this verse, John chapter 14, verse 27. This is the verse that Pastor Andy spoke of this morning. I want to look at it again this evening. John chapter 14, verse 27. 
Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now guess what word Jesus uses here when he talks of peace? Yes, it's that word irene, the same word that's used in Galatians chapter 5, but is now asked through the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus says, I give to you this peace, not as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So just like last week, if you remember, Jesus said these words to his disciples where he said, my joy I give to you. And I hope that you, my, my prayer is that your, my joy in you would be complete and overflowing. And here he is saying similar thing. He says, my peace, not this fake world kind of peace, but comes and goes dependent on circumstances. He says, my peace that is like nothing else that the world can offer you, I am giving to you. So don't be troubled or afraid. John chapter 16, verse 33, something similar. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You may have irony. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. See, it's in Christ that we have our peace not in the absence of trouble. It's where we are positioned and through new birth, you are positioned in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is honest here. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. And we've looked at this many times. In this world, Jesus says, you will have heartache. There will be pain. There will be loss. There may be divorce. There's ill health. There may be fear. But he says, take heart because I have given you my peace. Storms will come. Pastor Andy spoke about that this morning but you can still have peace that just like in the eye of a natural storm they call it the eye of the storm and there can be tornadoes ripping apart everything in its sight but in the midst of this and we've spoken about this before in the midst of this is the eye of the storm where things are calmer where things sometimes are even still compared to everything that's going on around you god wants you to experience that but when you have the peace of christ within you then suddenly, no matter what's going on around you, you can still have his peace. Even in the midst of a global pandemic, there isn't a limit to the offer of God's peace. Even in the worst of times, you can still experience his peace. Because peace is not found in the absence of troubles. Peace is found in the presence of your God. And it's yours at any given moment of any given day through the person of the Holy Spirit. Now you may say, well, well, that sounds good and I understand that it's found in Jesus, but how do I keep this peace? Because, you know, I watched online church this morning, I listened to the worship and I felt at peace when I pray in a field and I've got time on my day off, I feel at peace. But out there in the real world, how do I keep this peace? And I believe Paul teaches us that the only way that we can keep peace is to stop trying and to start yielding. We've been talking about this over the last two or three weeks. But we stop trying to manufacture peace. But we stop trying to find it in our own strength. And we say, do you know what, God? I can't sustain this. I can't do this in my own strength. I need your peace in my life. And I believe that Paul gives us a great recipe, practically, for how we can do that. And that is found in Philippians chapter 4. Again, we looked at these verses uh, this morning. And uh, remember, last week we looked at the book of Philippians when we were talking about joy. And we said... We gave a, a backdrop, an overview of the conditions Paul was in when he was writing this letter to the church in Philippi. And we talked about how he still chose to write about joy. And here he is writing 
about peace. So Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 to 7, if you've got your Bible, just turn there for a moment. He says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now when you do that, here's what happens. And the peace, the irony of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love those verses. Now let's play this out real time. Because again, you may have peace when you have a day off, but what about sustaining it or having it all the days of your life? Paul says, when you're in a place where you start to feel anxious, maybe you wake up in the morning, things are good, you're worry-free, then you remember you've got a presentation at work. And maybe because of insecurities or your thoughts of what people think of you, anxiety starts to rise, worry starts to rise in your life. You then have a choice. Paul says we can carry on worrying or we can pray. And we can trade in our worry for the peace of God. And I love what Paul says, that God's peace will guard your heart and your mind. Pastor Andy this morning says it's like a guard standing outside of Buckingham Palace. And that's a great example to use because the original word actually meant this. It talks about military guarding a city. So think about this for a moment. Just go with me on this. Think of peace personified. Because in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified. Think about peace being personified. But when we pray and when we trade in our worry for his peace, God's peace, literally, think of this, like, like a soldier, like a God, comes and stands at the doorway of your heart, at the doorway of your mind, and says, anxiety, you do not belong here. You're not coming here. You know, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. I think of fear or, of, or love and peace standing at the doorway of your heart and your mind, saying, anxiety, you now have no right to come in. You don't belong here. Your name's not on the list because this child is a child of God. When we trade in our worry for his peace, peace stands at the doorway of your life, your heart and your mind and guards it. Think about a doctor's appointment. Maybe you wake up worry-free, you go to the doctor, the doctor begins to say certain conditions, certain words, certain things you're going in and fear begins to bombard your mind and this fear enlarges and it stops you from sleeping at night it affects all that's going on in your life Paul says stop and give it to God and his promise is that his peace will guard your heart and your mind there's many examples that we could give but God offers us a peace of mind a peace in our heart that transcends that goes beyond a normal understanding of what peace is and this offer to trade in our anxieties to trade in our fear to trade in our worries for God's peace is shown throughout all of scripture let's look at some of these 1 Peter 5 verse 7 cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you like a fisherman casting their bait cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you Psalm 55 22 give your burdens to the Lord see this is where we're proactive we don't manufacture peace but there is something that we need to do we need to cast we need to give we need to pray give your burdens to the lord and he will take care of you he will not permit the godly to slip and fall tonight if you're searching for peace scripture tells us it won't be found in the world or in your own strength 
It's found in the person of God through the Holy Spirit. Here's another one, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Make a note of these verses because these are great verses to come back to on a daily basis. If you're in a place where you're battling anxiety and fear, get these verses, write them down somewhere and look at them every single day in this season. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The Amplified puts it this way. You will guard him and you will keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you and hopes confidently in you. I want to encourage you tonight, don't set your mind on the things that are going on around you, but fix your mind on the Holy Spirit within you. Because God can and God will place you in a position of perfect peace. See, I've learned to, to my own cost, that peace disappears when I try and sustain it in my own strength. When I try and fix things, and uh, I don't know about you, but I was talking to somebody recently. I'm a bit of a fixer. And when I can't fix things and I try it in my own strength, I see that peace disappears. But when I learn, as I continually am learning, to surrender situations to God and say, God, I'm out of here. You're in control. That's when peace that had left begins to return into my life. So Paul says, God wants you to experience peace. Now, when he says that, when he says the fruit of the Spirit is peace, what is it that God really wants us to experience? I believe that's a good question. And in the nine, ten minutes that we have left, I want us to look at three things. I'm sure there's a whole lot more, but time doesn't allow. Three things that I believe God wants us to experience when it comes to peace, being a part of a fruit of the Spirit. And the first one is this, that God wants you to experience inner peace. God wants you to know inner peace. Now, when we talk of inner peace, I'm not talking about sitting on a mountainside with your legs crossed humming to yourself with your eyes closed. Again, that's the external things of life. I'm talking about the internal of who you are. Because actually, inner peace has very little to do with what's going on on the outside. It's about what God is doing in you through the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, Romans 8 verse 6, because if we want to experience inner peace, it begins by changing what's going on in here so often. Romans 8 verse 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh, and the Amplified colours in what the flesh is, it says, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. So the mind that is governed by sense and reason outside of the Holy Spirit is death, it's misery. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. See, when you allow your mind or your responses to be governed and directed by the Spirit, that's when you're going to experience peace within you. The question today is, where is your mindset? If your mind is set on the flesh, on, on sense and reason outside of the Holy Spirit, all you'll do is you'll look at the circumstances going on around you and you'll respond naturally. And naturally, when you look at some of the stuff that's going on in the world today, you will respond with anxiety, you will respond with fear, you will respond with panic because you're responding according to the flesh. But when we choose to set our mind on the Spirit, what happens is we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, to empower us, to comfort us, and we gain His peace. God wants us to experience inner peace, even in the midst of a global pandemic. 
Here's what else I believe he wants us to experience. Relational peace. God doesn't just want you to have inner peace, but he wants that inner peace through the Holy Spirit to then produce relational peace with those around you. When you're at peace with yourself, then often you'll be at peace with those around you. Now again, you're not going to manage this in your own strength because there's some people in your life, no doubt, that you don't want to forgive. You've got every reason why you shouldn't forgive them. You could list them to me tonight, but you just don't want to forgive them. There's going to be some people that you're going to find it incredibly hard to be patient and loving with. And some of them live under the same roof as you. These are the realities of trying to love people and have relational peace in our own strength. But Paul says, even though you may not be able to have relational peace in your own strength, the Holy Spirit within you can produce peace with those around you. Romans 12 Verse 18 says, do all that you can to live at peace with others. Another translation says, as far as it depends upon you. So there's, there's this thought that Paul says, you know what? It, it may not be possible to rebuild relationships and be in relational peace with, with everybody around you because some people um, clearly are being unreasonable. For some relationships, it would be almost unwise and unsafe to try and rebuild certain relationships as we've spoken of before. But Paul says, as far as it depends upon you, do your bit, play your part, that there would be relational peace between you and other people. And Paul says, you've got to submit to the Spirit of God that is within you in order to live with peace with people around you. Even that, that obnoxious relative who may be interfering with your life, even that uh, colleague at work who's trying to take credit for your good work, whatever it might be, anybody, Paul says everyone, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. That pretty much encompasses everybody else. Why? Because he knew this, that when you are at odds with somebody around you, it can steal the peace of God from within you. Hebrews 12 verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now to Paul, this was massively important relational peace, so important that when he wrote that letter to the church in Philippi, he actually talked about two ladies who were in ministry together and had clearly fallen out. We don't necessarily know the backdrop to this, but he talked about their relationship in a letter that was going to be read out loud to the whole church. He calls them out by name. And this is what he says, Philippians 4 verse 2. He says, I plead with Judea and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Again, I've probably pronounced those names wrong. Forgive me. Be at peace with me. Um, but he says, these two ladies, basically, you need to get this sorted. And, it, and he's so blunt about it that he writes this in a letter that he knows is going to be read out to the whole church. Why? Because he says, it's not good that you're at odds with each other. Come on, let's sort this out. Who would Paul say that to you about tonight? That's a challenging thought, isn't it? If Paul was here tonight doing this broadcast, who would he say, you need to be at peace with this person? You need to forgive this person. You need to move on from this situation. And maybe you say, I, I can't. And Paul would say, yeah, you're right, you can't. But God in you can. God wants us to experience inner peace. He wants us to experience relational peace. But none of that can happen if we don't first have what Pastor Andy ended on today. If we don't first have spiritual peace. Peace with God, because this is where all other peace extends from. Now, 
Where does the peace of God that surpasses all understanding come from? Through our relationship with Jesus. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, and that's how we're made right in God's sight. We don't be made right for our good works or our actions or our works. It's by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us on our behalf. Now, we have peace with God for our salvation. And yet you may know and you may be experiencing right now that there are times in your life where you are restless within you because the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on something in your life that you know needs changing, you know needs adapting, you know needs doing away with. It may be a bad attitude, it may be the sin that so easily entangles you, it may be pride, it may be jealousy, it may be an unforgiving spirit. And when those moments come to us, the truth is this, we don't have to stay trapped. We don't have to stay in turmoil, feeling condemned. Our walk with God doesn't have to be affected by our past mistakes or our present mistakes because Jesus says we have this opportunity in prayer where we can come before our Father and say, Father, forgive me of my debt. And in one moment, everything is restored. 1 John 1 verse 8 to 9, final verses for tonight. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In other words, don't look at everybody around you going, I'm not sinful and you are because you're a liar. The Bible says the truth is not in us if we say we are without sin. But here's the hope and the good news of verse 9. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John says we're to confess. Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, we're to pray, Father, forgive us our sins. Remember, confession and repentance doesn't mean that we cry for a month about a mistake that we've made or we beat ourselves up or we tell everybody what a terrible person we are and punish ourselves. No, no, none of that. It simply means turning away from that and turning back to God, praying and meaning, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And the Bible says the moment we do that, God is faithful to forgive. And when we are forgiven, guilt is removed. And you know what happens? Peace is restored in our life. Paul says, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. I want to encourage you tonight, stop trying to manufacture peace in your own strength. Stop living this life of a yo-yo reality where you go from peace to anxiety, peace to stress, peace to fear. Stop trying to achieve it in your own strength and say, Holy Spirit, I surrender. I can't do this without you. I need the peace that surpasses all understanding. And as we pray those kind of prayers, the Bible says that his peace stands as a guard. I want you to picture that this week. Stands at the guard as a doorway of your life and says no to anxiety and fear. Even when troubles come, we know our Saviour has overcome the world. Are you tonight living with inner peace? If not, what is it that you're going to choose to do about that? Are you living with relational peace? If not, then is it time you ask the Holy Spirit for strength to reach out to somebody, to forgive, to let go? Are you living with spiritual peace? 
you may all be safe tonight, but is there something that God is placing his finger on that you know needs dealing with in your life? Listen, the moment that you confess, the moment you go before your Father, he extends his grace towards you, and spiritual peace in one moment is restored in a second. Let me pray for you tonight as we underline that the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your peace in our lives. Lord, in this season where so much is going on, in this season where the world is shouting fear and anxiety at us, in this world where people are going through real situations that you said would happen that we shouldn't ignore or bury our head in the sand about, but we have a choice tonight. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just encourage people this evening, that you would give them that peace that surpasses all understanding as they choose to trade in their worry and their cares and their anxiety for your peace. Father, something powerful is going to take place in their lives. Father, I thank you that they choose to cast all their cares upon you this evening. Father, I thank you that tomorrow as they look ahead at their week and they choose to just pray that they wouldn't judge their peace or try and gain peace by the external things of life changing, but just like we said of joy last week, that they would know what it is to have peace, even in the chaos that life sometimes can bring. And Jesus, we thank you that you are our peace, that in you we have everything that we need. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I just pray blessing upon every single person watching tonight and their households. For every person listening to this a little bit later on, Father, may this word take seed and grow in their life. Father, I thank you that your word never returns void, but always accomplishes what it's been sent to do. So Father, where the enemy had an assignment of fear and anxiety bombarding the hearts and the minds of your people, Father, I thank you that this word will eradicate that plan and this word will bring peace and stillness and calm where there once was chaos. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back here next Sunday evening for another round of Sunday Night Local.